Welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast, Episode 6. It's your Friday drop of the podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody again for all the support. We typically start with that. I'm going to have two asks as we get going here uh, on this episode. One, I'm trying to keep them to 40 to 45 minutes. I have my clock running in the background that I received as a gift last week to help keep me on point. Um, my asks are this. If you could like, share, um, you know, uh, like and share and uh, distribute this out on your social media platforms. That's always appreciated. I use LinkedIn the most. So if you are listening to this and would like to share or like or comment on this on LinkedIn, that is really appreciated. The second ask, haven't asked this before. I have a website. So I'm using a new technical uh, stack, uh, you know, some new technology to host the podcast. In the past, I've used Anchor FM, anchor.fm. And uh, that is great. Uh, don't have any problems with that platform. Um, I did change to something called Transistor. So Transistor.fm. But I have a website, dead3.transistor.fm. That's a website that hosts all this content, all the podcasts. I've added a link up there at the top. If you were to go to my website, it's also in the show notes. If you were to go to the website, you will see up at the top something called a link uh, titled Connect. If you'd like to go in there, it, co it collects email addresses, right? So every Thursday, my plan is if you have followed me on LinkedIn or if you do follow me on LinkedIn, I like to any any content that I consume, I create notes for. I have a notebook in front of me. I take notes there. Then I transcribe that or take that from my notebook to um, some some notes that I take on uh, on my surface on my uh, laptop. And then I take that and then I post it on LinkedIn. So it could be a sentence, a phrase. It could be a page of notes. But if you'd like to receive my notes on a weekly cadence, um, just go drop your email and then I'll be distributing those out on Thursday mornings um, and, and can start a conversation with you uh, through my notes. Um, so the notes are either going to be my own. Um, on podcast on the podcast that we're creating or other things that are going on, or they will be from the content I'm consuming coach, you know, coach Molitor, Ed Molitor and the business, uh, the, the, um, the athletics of business podcast, uh, that I listen to a lot or Ed Milet or Gary Vanderchuk or any other, uh, content that I consume that I take notes on winds up on LinkedIn at some point. So, but I, uh, would like to distribute those out. Uh, via another uh, medium. And that's going to be my email uh, uh, channel that, or my email list that I'll distribute on on Thursdays. So those are my two asks, like, share, comment on LinkedIn, go to my website, collect, uh, click, click on connect. And uh, I will start distributing those out on Thursdays. Um, but want to get into this episode. Uh, there's a, it's an exciting day. We're getting ready. Uh, it's the Friday release. I'm telling you, I'm having a great day, right? Um, it's, Jason Wells, to circle back, Jason Wells is a gentleman that um, I'm good friends with. It's been a while since I have touched base with him, but we do a pod. We did a podcast together, and he was a co-host on my last podcast. And I said something to him that he he took with him, and it was, "How do you consistently tap into the things that inspire you?" I think I is something I said something along those lines a couple years ago with him. Um. And I woke up this morning, and, and if you listen to the last episode uh, of the, our podcast, of the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast, it was episode five, where we talked about, you know, maybe just the things I'm struggling with, and maybe you are too, about just getting our days going, having a morning routine, a morning ritual. You know, there's a gentleman named, um, oh, I can't even remember his name now. Um, 
Uh, he was on my old podcast. I did a LinkedIn live episode with him to, over the COVID period. Uh, Meltzner, um, Mike Meltzner, I believe his name is. Um, and great guy, had a great conversation with him. Um, and he had this, you know, great thing that he was talking about. His entire day is built around him getting up at 4.30 and doing his morning routines and rituals. Like his entire day is organized uh, how he can get back to 4.30 a.m. You know, his 4.30 to 7.30 a.m. is very detailed, very organized, uh, very routine and ritualistic on things he does every day at 4.30 to 7.30. Um, and I, in my last episode of episode five, you know, we, I had the discussion of getting up at 4.30, which I typically do, 4.30 to 4.45, somewhere in there. Uh, but then it's just littered with, you know, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and the news and things of that nature. And it just, so how do you consistently tap into the things that inspire you? I'm not that, I'm not sure that's it for me. Right. But so this morning, you know, completely different fell asleep last night, you know, was getting ready to go to sleep last night and just made this effort to what, what is my morning going to look like? Took some notes, you know, and had a notebook on how I wanted my day to be run and woke up this morning and just got after it, you know, got up about the same time, maybe a little later, you know, 5.15 or so, but then really got after my day in terms of tapping into the things that move me, drive me and inspire me to have a great day. It's a bookend that, that 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. bookend on how we can set the table for our day. So I just, I guess my encouragement is, you know, it works. It works. Had a, I'm having a great day, and I positioned that into seven or eight meetings that have all been great in terms of, you know, maybe the value and the contribution that, I, that I'm bringing and uh, feeling ener energized, feeling excited and inspired to work with my teams and uh, our products and things of that nature and management, whatever it might be, right? So it was a great way to start my day. And I essentially, all I did was this. I made coffee. It's always going to be first. And I, and I just took my cup of coffee and came down to my basement where my studio is here and, and started listening to podcasts. And I was listening to uh, the athletics of business by coach, uh, coach Molitor. And he had this amazing guest on. Um, I encourage you to go listen to it and I'm going to get his name incorrect, but it's Dr. Eric Corum, K O R E M. Um, great, great episode. Uh, three pages of notes here on that uh, conversation that coach Molitor had there. And it just really inspired me and moved me to have a great day. I am actually going to go into that, that day, but I, uh, that day a little bit on how the day is going and the things that kind of moved me and the conversations I was having professionally in meetings, but some things I took away from this uh, coach Molitor interview, but I, w I really wanted to go this direction with this. And maybe I'll get to that other stuff in episode seven um, as we kind of build this up. But, this, this is something that's been on my mind. Let me tell you something I'm really not great at. I'm not great, and I don't know how this intersects you, right? Um, I'm not great at confrontation. I'm not great at calling people out. I'm not great at going into something when I know, like either I'm going to get my ass handed to me um, or I need to have a difficult conversation with someone. Not great at it. Don't, don't look forward to, I mean, maybe, maybe the conversation is George Hayden. Nobody does. Nobody likes that. Who, like who in their right mind would like that? It makes me uncomfortable. So let me say that. Go back to Jason Wells. I was with Jason Wells quite a bit years ago. Started, started doing some basketball training with him. 
you know, um, maybe seven years ago. And we were with each other three to four days a week at the conclusion of one of the workouts. And he had a team of four people around him and I was on his team. And we would always, you know, come together and talk about, you know, kind of have a retrospective, right? Of, hey, what did we do well over the last three to four hours? You know, what didn't go well? How can we get better as developers and trainers and teachers and coaches um, and all that sort of stuff? And at one point in one of these, you know, post-workout meetings, things got heated between him and someone else. Really heated to like, I don't... It's been a while. I don't know if it was like borderline um, uncomfortable or whatever it was. Um, but I was like, wow, this is heated, right? With, with, uh, with a group of people I really look up to, admire, and, and um, I like, right? So this is what Jason Wells said, and I really liked it. And, and I think we did a podcast about it. He said, I am not uncomfortable having this conversation. He wasn't uncomfortable with it. And I remember sitting there going, oh, shit. I am like, this is uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if I can do that. It's not, it's not, um, so it's not like nobody likes it, but are you uncomfortable with it? My friend Jason's not uncomfortable with that conversation. Um, I am. So how can I, how can I become comfortable with that conversation? How can I, as a leader, as a coach, as a mentor, as a parent, right? It's, it's, it's not uncomfortable for me as a parent. And we'll get into the why of that. It's not uncomfortable for me. It is not uncomfortable for me as a parent to have difficult conversations with my children. Not at all. It is not hard for me to, to be honest. It's not hard for me to really kind of, to, you know, raise my voice, to admonish, to correct, to give feedback. Like that's not hard at all. And maybe... You know, and we'll get into that because that's an interesting point, right? And those that are listening to this, we're probably all sitting there saying, man, I don't have any problem with that either, right? But I do at work or I do at in the athletic space or I do wherever, right? I have problems with that. So how, and so that that is, that is the conversation of the day is the how to go from being uncomfortable to comfortable on confrontation or difficult conversations. And let me tell you why I'm better at it now. I'm going to tell you why I'm better at it now and why I'm not as uncomfortable. And it's a mindset shift for me. This is a significant thing that has changed for me over the past two months to where I'm not uncomfortable with an uncomfortable conversation. Okay. And let me break this down. Let me tell you the story and then let me tell you why, why it has become easy for me and why, and then we'll start back at the beginning, right? Um, we had a, this is an athletic example, but we had a, uh, we had a practice where we got after the kids pretty hard. Me specifically, me specifically. And I went on a rant. And included my own son in the rant, who's not really on the team, but he happened to be in the gym. So my son wasn't uh, had messed up on an, an exam or two in school and wasn't doing well academically. He does well academically, but he was slipping a little bit in a few classes. And so I, my trigger and my fuse was, uh, as they say, my chili was hot. My chili was hot when I walked in the gym because I was dealing with my son and his grades and, and things like that. And I was upset about it, right? 
So then we go into practice and, you know, it, the, uh, the, the detail, the attention to, uh, the attention to detail, the communication, the standards, the effort, the communication, the, um, the body language, the, uh, accountability. Um, this particular practice was really bad. It was really, it was really bad. And it may have been really bad by everybody. And then I kind of lost it and got after the group and then got after an individual and got after my son. And it was funny, you know, it's, it's funny, but then you go back and you, uh, my son, you know, that evening, um, said, dad, man, you started getting after me and you got after everybody. And I left uh, the gym to go to the car to get something water bottle or a basketball or something like that. And I came back five minutes later and you were still going, you were really upset. And I was, and I was upset. I was upset. And I was not uncomfortable with the conversation for maybe one of the first times ever. I wasn't uncomfortable with that conversation. And now, so that's the example that I'm kind of giving. How can we be comfortable with uncomfortable conversations or slash confrontation? And here's, here's what I learned that day. And here's what I want to share with you. Because hopefully this will impact you if you are that person like me where you just don't like the, conf- uh, the, the confrontation. First, bullet point number one, if you're taking notes, and I'll take notes on this and post some of this on LinkedIn. The first thing you have to understand is you have to have a connection with somebody. You can't roll. We had a, we had a, when I coached in Michigan for a number of years, I was up there for 10 years and worked for an amazing uh, coach for, you know, those 10 years. Um, We had an assistant coach that was kind of voluntary. He wasn't kind of voluntary. He was volunteer. Great guy. We became very good friends and he would show up once a week and he would get after the kids. And he would tell us everything we're doing wrong, which is a whole nother podcast, right? But he would get after the kids, right? And that's a hard gig when you're a once a week, two hours a day volunteer guy where you really don't know the kids, where you've got to have like where you have this crazy good connection with people. Like that, a, a connection. We talk a lot in our program and we talk a lot about professionally being connected to one another. And and then that's a whole nother podcast about how to do that. Right. But it's an investment. It's an investment in people's goals and ambitions and strategies and backgrounds and upbringing and home life, like all of it, academic home life, you know, all this, like how can we be connected a whole nother podcast and through really getting connected with people, you know, shared, shared ownership, shared mission, shared goals, shared outcomes. We're going the same place. We have the same goals. I know where you come from. I know what you're struggling with. I know what you're good at. I know your strengths. I know your weaknesses. I know how to talk to you. I know how to motivate and inspire you. I know how to lift you up. I know when I know your body language on when you're frustrated or something is happening at you know, off the floor or at home or in the classroom or with your spouse or girlfriend, what, you know, I know that because we're connected and because we're spending time together. 
and through connection, bullet point number two, I guess, is through connection and over time, you develop trust. Trust in one another. Trust that you have my back, right? I just listened to a podcast a short amount of time ago. Um, it, was a, it wasn't a podcast. I listened to something on LinkedIn, a one-minute video from a gentleman named Steve White, um, who was given this great uh, keynote somewhere. And essentially the theme or what I took from it was your road dogs, road dogs, R-O-A-D dogs. Who are your road dogs? Who are your truth tellers? Who's there in that fight with you? Who's going to encourage you to keep going when everybody's telling you to stop or that you suck or you don't have the resources or the money or the ideas or the background or the education? Who are your road dogs that are say, I'm there with you? Who are those people you trust? Who are you connected to? How do you build that trust? And trust is just, we started our uh, athletic season, right? Again, this is a athletic professional thing. This is not basketball. This is not necessarily just athletics. If you're listening to it, it is. But if you're listening to this and you are a, you know, a, a salesman or running a, a, an IT software team or you're running you know, a lifetime fitness, right? It's you know, this idea, so it's, it's all the same. But at the start of the year, athletically speaking, we got together with our leaders that lead the team that we're counting on for leadership that people look up to, right? Right. The idea of just a random thought, you know, you can pick captains, you can't pick leaders. You know, you can have your senior captains on a basketball team. You could figure out a director of technology or a sales lead or whatever it might be. You can pick those people. You can promote those people. You can collect resumes on those people, but you can't always, you don't always pick your leaders, right? So we, but we had everybody over here to the house. And we were all sitting out back and I was, I, I was, I, I'm working with a very good friend of mine and we were talking with this team about just being connected about the connection with one another. Right. And this idea of one, one kid has been with us forever, been a part of the program forever. One kid's only been around for eight months and one kid is brand new. So how do you build that connection? with those young athletes in their last run, last year, senior year, how can we build that connection with those athletes? You know, communication, off the floor stuff, text messages, film work, caring about them, you know, levels of care is in my notes from this morning's uh, content that I kind of consume, like levels of care that we have for one another. Really a good episode by Gary V about how to care for people and care for your team and care for their ambitions and goals. Right. So that's how you build the connection, but then building that trust is, is different than being connected. So these young athletes we're working with, I could be, you know, maybe connections, just part of trust. Maybe trust is just part of being connected. Right. But like the, the, the deep level trust, like we're like, my closest friends that I trust, you know, I have a friend that says, hey, trust you with my, my, my bank account and my wife or something like that, right? Like that level of trust. My kids, my bank account, my wife. I trust you with all of it, right? That level of trust, right? And I, I liked that phrase, right? So we've, you've got to develop that. And trust takes time. 
Trust is doing what you say you're going to do and honoring that relationship and friendship and, and letting people know that you've got a level of care in them that goes beyond baskets and bonuses and sales and whatever it is. Okay. So this is all going to circle back onto how we can be uncomfortable, be comfortable with confrontation. I've got to be connected. I've got to have a level of trust and care. And then the, you know, the third pillar for me is, and there might be others. This is just top of mind and how I feel and kind of thinking about this a lot, actually, over the last two or three weeks. Because I did, I'm, I'm more comfortable with it. The next thing is our values and our standards as a group and as an organization. That's bullet point three. Why is that important? Because if you don't have a North Star, if you don't have values, and if you don't have standards that in which you perform at and execute at, and if they're not in front of you all the time, right? If they are not in front of you all the time, um, then, then it's hard to hold people accountable, which is the fourth bullet point. You've got to know what your standards are. You've got to know where you're going. You've got to know what your values are. You've got to know where people are being pushed. You've got to know where their comfort zone is. You've got to know what the end game is. You've got to know how we're building this. You've got to know with a foundation that the house and the program and the operation and the sales team and the cars and the shoes and the VMware and the lifetime, like you've got to know what the foundation is and what the standards are and the values are. You have to. So we talk in episode one, we talk about West. That's where I help out and coach a little bit, right? Work, winning, service, um, sacrifice, and I'm not even spelling it right. Work and winning, energy and encouragement, service and sacrifice, togetherness and toughness. That's where we stand. And we talk about it now a lot. There's the recognition and the acknowledgement of people doing those things, which is another podcast that we'll talk about in episode uh, seven, probably. But if we know our values and we know our standards and we know what's acceptable, right? Then the fourth bullet point is an unwavering and unapologetic accountability to one another on those values and standards. Now, if I'm not connected and if you don't trust me, and we have these values and standards and I intent, intensely hold you accountable to those things. That's, I don't think going to go that well. It may, it may, you may bulldoze and bully your way through that, that right there. You may, you may lose people too, but in order to do that, we, in order to be really good at it and in order to build your culture and build your teams, if you're connected, if there's a level of trust and care, if you know your standards and values, then, then you hold intensely hold people accountable to all of that, to that relationship, to that trust, to that connection, then, then it's easy to hold people accountable. Hey, now how do you hold them accountable? It doesn't have to be intensely in terms of screaming and yelling and putting people on a line and making them run until they throw up. That's not what I did. Right. But we did hold them accountable to the standards 
that we have laid out as a culture for our program and for our organization and for our sales department or for our IT shop. But I'm also now connected. Now you trust me. You know I care about you. You know I love you. I know you know that we're family. You know that we, you are my professional family. You know that now, if the, maybe the fifth bullet point, maybe not, would be the idea of an agreement on these things. And maybe that's trust. Maybe that's part of being connected. But now you have to understand that when you don't live or we don't live or I don't live up to these standards, it's okay to now have a difficult conversation. It is now okay. If we are connected, if you trust me, and the thing, and maybe it's another bullet point, right? The standards of the program or the company or the organization, being accountable to it. But if I also know through our connection, maybe another bullet point nestled, uh, nested in here. If I know your goals, dreams, and ambitions through our connection and through our trust and through the care that you have and through me mentoring you, if I know where you want to go and it aligns and it really aligns with the standards and values and direction of our company, right? Or our program, it's easy for me to hold you accountable. If you don't trust me, if we're not connected and I get after you and we have an uncomfortable conversation and there's confrontation and we don't have that, then it's combustible. Then you want to leave. Then you don't like it here. Then you don't like, then we're not connected. Now we're not bought in. Now we're, now there's gossip. Now there's frustration and anger and all that. But if it's always aligned and connected with the trust, the care, the goals, the ambitions, the next level of your greatness, and we are all aligned on that, then it's so much easier to sit there and say, hey, you're doing this. This isn't working. You need to be doing that. Why aren't you doing that? Um, and then what are the absolutes? Like, you're, like here, here are absolutes like this. And I love this stuff. One of the absolutes, like at Duke basketball that I really like, and, and, and we can do, I can do better with it. We can do better with it. And it's also who you are, right? But I love the idea at Duke basketball that they give each other eye contact. That's, that's, that's a, a standard. It's an expectation. And that's probably military stuff from Coach K, who was in the Army, West Point, all that sort of stuff, right? But that, because that is a, show of respect, of listening, of not, not always agreement, but just kind of like, Hey, I'm listening to you. You're listening to me and we're going to be, and we're in this together and we have a connection. We trust each other and we're going to do this. Right. I think that's really important. Right. Um, body language, things like that. So if you tell me that you want to be doing X and you know, the values and standards of our program are X and you're not fulfilling either of those, then it's on me to hold you accountable. Otherwise, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a garbage leader. Everybody else is going to see it. Oh, so-and-so can get away with it, which happens professionally. 
No, we all do this. There's no one that is immune to the standards, including me as a coach, that I'm going to work for you, that I'm going to sacrifice for you, that I'm going to be encouraging to you, and that I'm going to be tough, like the values of our program and being able to recite them. This is what we do. And when we don't do it, you're going to hear about it. Right? One of the phrases that somebody uh, said about our program, and I really liked it, and it was a compliment. I, and I hesitate a little bit because maybe you'll hear this and say it doesn't sound like a compliment. It was a compliment. This one athlete that was trying to make our team and didn't and had some issues and whatever it might be with academic, things like that, right? And essentially, you know, we were talking with him and he said, yeah, all I've heard from the other players is you guys don't mess around. I was like, yeah. We don't mess around. We're going to be connected. We're going to have a, a crazy amount of care for our athletes, and for our people. We're going to have a crazy amount of trust built between both them and us. We're going to have crazy high standards that we all agree to because it's possible and we're capable. Right. And we're also going to hold each other accountable to it. I'm going to hold you all accountable to these standards and we're going to get going. So yeah, do we not mess around? Yeah, we have high standards. You're accountable to those standards. And we're going to make sure that we love and trust and care for one another. It's not athletic related. It just happens to be in this example. So having those conversations can be easy based on those things. If you struggle with confrontation, if you struggle with uncomfortable conversation, now I'm not saying you're sitting at you know, sitting around a campfire and you want to start an argument and all that. So like, I don't roll that way. Like I'm not sitting around with friends and, and family and all that and trying to, you know, get all this right. But, if, but when you're leading an organization, when you're leading greatness and when you're leading great outcomes and you're leading to get wins professionally and athletically, and if you are leading those things, then, then you have to be able to hold people accountable. And this is a, another Coach K thing. Maybe it was Coach K. But his comment was, and I really liked it, is accountability is confrontation. You can't have accountability without confrontation. You can't hold people accountable without some level of confrontation. So how can you be comfortable with that confrontation? We said we would be doing this. You said you had these goals. You say you trust me. And right now what you're doing is, isn't going to work with where you want to get to. And it's not even close. I watched a video this week of prime, prime time. Deion Sanders, new, new head football coach at Colorado. New head coach at Colorado. I don't believe, now when I grew up, 1990, 91 is when I graduated high school, right? About to turn 50, right? Um, Colorado football was at the top. They won a national championship with Gary Barnett back in like 1990, something like that. And they, but I don't believe they've been good at all since then. So they bring it, bring in prime coach prime, new coach. He's standing up in front of his team and he's talking about standards and he's talking about connection and he's talking about trust. He may not have used those words, but that's kind of what he's saying. But this is what he says. We don't have time for all that. 
maybe not all that. There is time for him to get connected and all that. He doesn't have time for the buy-in. I don't have time for the buy-in. Like, we've got to go now. We need to be connected now. We need to develop trust now. You need to do what you're being asked to do now. You need to understand our standards and how we play, how we practice, how we do academics, how we do, et cetera, in terms of the culture. You need to understand that now because we don't have time. He said, I'm 50 and I don't have time for this. I need results and I need to win. And I need, I need buy-in today. And I liked, I really liked that, but you can't always do that. He needs that. And the guys that are getting uncomfortable at Colorado football because of the new standards are going to leave. You bring in somebody elite that has high standards. Yes. I think, I don't know prime. I'm fascinated by it because like he's doing some things that I don't think have ever been done in the coaching world and at the, on the athletic world at that level. Um, and he's got a presence to him. He's got, uh, um, an intensity to him. Like there's just a lot to, to kind of study there and, and consume. Right. Um, you know, he's electric. Talk about energy and encouragement and enthusiasm, you know, and all, and bringing juice every day. That guy's got it. Right. But he doesn't have, he's 50. You're not going to play at that those standards. Now, I bet you he is really good at connecting with his players. He's also got the resume. He's also got wins. He's also got this background to him of Hall of Fame, NFL, success, wins, people that, you know, so people are sitting around saying, I'm just like, this guy's done it. I'm going to do it. But if you don't have that background, that baggage or that, that background and the good baggage, right? The, the things that are traveling with you, then it's going to be harder to get people to buy in. Like our, our, our program that we're working on now, we like, we really have good, great buy-in right now. It took us a while. Why did it take us a while to get buy-in? Trust, connection, deep connection, which ultimately is led by a deep trust. That idea of just look, having people look at you when you're in a leadership position and when you're trying to get people outside their comfort zone and you're trying to get people to their next level of greatness and they look you in the eyes and say, you're my leader, you're my coach, you're my management, you're my executive, and I trust you. I trust you. That doesn't mean we can't have difficult conversations. That doesn't mean that I can't disagree with you. That doesn't mean I can't give you a different strategy, a different perspective, and we can't have a back and forth. But whatever you decide, wherever you go, I trust you and I'm all in. So how, how do you build that by, you know, just continuing every day to drop money in the bottle? I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, right? And I thought the idea of not being, uh, not having time for all that, like Prime said, we don't have time for this right now. We've got to go. He's, he's essentially saying this. We don't have time for a three-year re, three rebuilding plan. You're either in or out. And I'm going to tell you everything it takes to be great. And I'm going to tell you everything it takes to be in and all in and bought in. 
and you better jump on board because if you don't, if you don't like getting up at four or five in the morning, if you don't like being in the weight room, if you don't want to be the best physical uh, athlete you can be in terms of your strength and stamina and endurance, if you don't want to treat women a certain way, if you don't want to uh, be in the classroom, if you don't want to sit in the front row, if you don't want to say please and thank you, if you don't want to have great practice habits, if you don't want to be at study hall, if you don't want to take the craft of being an athlete serious, this is going to be a hard place. We don't have time for it. We don't have time. So all those things, though, create an easier time. I'm not, I guess, an easier time. It's not always going to be easy. But man, it's easy to hold people accountable when I know where they want to go, what they want to do, what the next five years looks like, what their ambitions are, what their dreams are, what they hope to accomplish. I'm connected with them. They trust me to no to, to, to any level, right? They trust me. And we know the standards and we know the goals. Then it's easy for me to say, I have no problem with this conversation. This conversation doesn't make me uncomfortable because I love you. I care for you. You're important to me. You're valuable to me and the organization and the program. I know where you want to be and what you're doing right there isn't going to cut it, isn't going to get it done. So this is an easy conversation for me. To circle back to Jason Wells. How easy is it for you to do that with your kids. I find it very easy. When I get after people professionally or athletically or as a coach or a mentor, whatever it is, right? I think about it for days. Days. What did I say? What did I do? Did I lose them? Did they lose trust in me? Is my connection not as strong? You know, are they going to quit? Are they going to find a different place, another place to work, blah, 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 whatever it is, right? When you have those difficult conversations, right? When I get after my kids, I forgot about it 30, 40 minutes later. I've moved on. I am responsible to great, raise great young men and a great daughter. I'm responsible for those things. That is a responsibility and a title I take serious. It is something that is with me the rest of my life. I'm never going to stop parenting, stop being a mentor, stop being a trusted advisor to those children. And sometimes we have to have hard conversations because I know what they're capable of. I know that they could crush it in life. I know. And so I'm fine having those conversations. I'm connected with them. I love them to no end. I know to a certain extent, even as young, um, young men and young lady that they uh, may not have their dreams, goals, and ambitions all carved out, but I know they have greatness in them. I know they trust me. I know that, and they know I love them, and I know they love me, and I know the standards we play at. And so because of that, it is really easy to have those conversations. So why can't it be that way professionally? Why can't it be? But in order to do that professionally, my kids know I love them and care for them, and they trust me. We're connected, and, you know, we are, you know, obviously we're connected, right? You're not connected with your kids and you're screaming and yelling and getting after them for doing X, Y, and Z. You know, maybe we all deal with that where they, where they don't trust us as much, where they don't really perceive to love us as much or don't think we love them or care for them when they are 13 to 18, when they're teenagers and trying to do their own thing and think they don't need you. Then it gets a little resentful, right? 
And that's, that's part of it, but you still, but do you stop parenting? Do you stop leading? Do you stop mentoring? Do you stop parenting? Do you stop loving? Do you stop caring? It's the same thing professionally, same thing, right? My buzzer on my new, uh, accountability tool here is about to go off. So that means it's time to wrap this up. I hope like this was really, this was, I've enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed it because, uh, that's growth that I've had in the past couple of weeks being comfortable with uncomfortable conversations, being comfortable with confrontation. You got to love and care for the people you're leading and it's okay to say it. Now it's maybe not prudent to just go around, start hugging everybody and high-fiving and, and telling everybody you love them when you're sitting around at Microsoft or Anheuser-Busch or wherever you might be. Right. But to have a deep level of care for the people that you're being asked to lead. Right. And to really sit there and be connected and have them trust you. And to be able to hold them to that standard and to be able to have uncomfortable conversations, but be comfortable with it. Right. So again, let me go back to my asks. Please go uh, on LinkedIn and share this if you can, or Twitter or wherever you might see this uh, being dropped. And also go to our website. It's in the show notes, dead3.transistor.fm, I believe is the URL to it. And if you could go there and if you could sign up, we will then get you weekly notes on any podcast I'm listening to, you know, um, this morning, again, I was listening to Ed Molitor. I'm going to have a bunch of notes on his latest episode that I'd love to distribute out to you. Phenomenal episode. Um, and just continue to just, you know, it's, it's the, it's the 19th of January, 19 pages into chapter one. I've hope your chapter one of 2023 has been as great as mine it was a great day today with some subtle adjustments to my morning routine and habits right? We are our habits. We are what we do repeatedly. So continue to do great things. Please reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn and uh, appreciate all the support that people have uh, given us on this podcast. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day.